It is indeed a pleasure to have this privilege to play here for you. We, we intend to give you a very fine program, so just settle back, relax, and enjoy the moment. 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 Welcome, Benny Starr. Welcome. What's up? I don't know what this is. I don't know what this is. It's this is a conversation, I guess. A conversation. Yeah. So part mic'd up, part just, um, what do you call your SoundCloud account? <laughs> oh, I don't think I have a name for my SoundCloud just account. Benny, it's just Benny, Benny Starr Star on SoundCloud? Yeah, Benny Starr on SoundCloud. Okay, so what did you want to talk about today? Uh, just where I am, what's going on, how I'm feeling. Um, it's been a long year. Yeah. Uh, getting ready for 2020. Yeah, cause, so, so right now, today's date is November 19th. Yeah. Um, so we're about to wrap up the, the year. And so there's a lot going on for you heading into 2020. Right. And, yeah, so among the, among the many projects, we have music. We have um, maybe some appearances. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what else do we the have? Book club. I'm, I'm really excited about this book club. This I book have, club. Uh, what, is, what is the book club? Chapter and verse. Mm-hmm. You know, Benny Star Book Club. I... I grew up reading a lot. Okay. You know, and you grow up, I started getting into sports, you get away from it more. Mm-hmm. I got away from it more and then I got back into it. I really, really dive dove back into it and um Yeah. I'm I'm thankful I did. Mm-hmm. Um it, it, it's I think it's challenged me a lot, mm-hmm. grown me a lot, and just allowed me to really reconnect, I guess, with that thing that I connected with when I was a kid. But why not just read by yourself? Why book club? I mean, yeah, read definitely read by myself. I continue to do that too, but I think a book club is a good way to invite more people into the conversation, invite more people into a space where we can be reading, we can be digesting mm-hmm. bodies of work, and we can talk about it because right. it might mean something different to somebody else than right. it means to me. I, I'm I'm curious about that, right? You know, yeah. So I think it's great because I've never joined a book club. Mm-hmm. I think the closest I've ever gotten to is watching Oprah. <laughs> back when I was little <laughs> and watching like you know she would release a book title mm-hmm. it would get a lot of acclaim it would set records in terms of sales and then but it would it would um inspire a bunch of women and people right. not just women but um inspire her her viewers to just go out and create their own community right. with books so I mean that was great for me to see a black woman of prominence mm-hmm. really um focusing on literacy and you know how education and reading pretty much inspired her. Right. So it's great to see someone famous do that. And so it's good to see even you know local celebrities who are famous in their own right, like mm. you, right? To to dive into reading. So yeah. And I, you know I've never yeah. seen. I'm not gonna say I've never seen. Yeah. Reading like a book club. I've never joined a book club either. All right. I would like to see more book clubs by black men, right? Yeah. So I haven't seen a lot of them um, necessarily. I'm not going to say that they don't exist. Right. But I haven't seen a lot of them personally that I would be like, yo, I want to join. Let's get the fellas together. Right. We've done that, like, personally b- yeah. b- amongst ourselves. Right. So I think it, it is something I – because I, I still think that is something that men, especially with literacy rates and, and, and the statistics that we have on stuff like that, yeah. I, think it's, I think it's very important for men – I know it is important for me mm-hmm. to be reading, to be right. actively reading. Yeah, to be seen reading. I yes. think, too, and this is where my bias comes in, mm-hmm. um, I do want to see more of that. I know men read because I read a lot of male authors. Right, right. Um, and I know men care about it. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes, I think with anything that is viewed as a healthy choice, so, like, maybe if you're, like, 
taking on healthier eating habits or anytime when it's around um, uh, self-empowerment or self-improvement, yeah. that can kind of become um, a badge that people... So, like, I might see some people interact with reading almost, like, as an elitist. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm interested in seeing men and women engage with it um, is more like community center and not like yep. oh, I'm reading this high minded. Right. I'm reading Socrates today. Right. <laughs> you right. want it to be yeah. accessible. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's what and meeting people where they are. Um, so tell me the name of your book club. Uh, the name of the book club is Chapter and Verse. Okay. That's uh, a dope name. That's a very dope name. <laughs> <laughs> Get on my nerves. No. It is no it's a dope name. I think I think it really does it tells it tells the story of you the artist and you and your love of books. Right. Right. Exactly. So let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Um, have you chosen your first book club selection? Yes. Okay. Uh, what what oh, before okay. you say what it is, yeah. what did you like what what led you to choose this book? So what was it what were the determining factors? Oh, well, I know I'm a young black man. Mm-hmm. I wanted the first book to be something that was immediately relatable to me. Mm. Um, I wanted to be intentional about that. So Colson Whitehead's The Nickel Boys okay. and the story it tells right. about young black boys. I want to pick up the book while you oh, yeah. talk. Go yeah. ahead. Mm-hmm. No, the story that it tells about young black boys during the period, um, during the setting, that time period of the book. Um, I think it's very it's very important, especially for me being here in South Carolina and a lot of the things that I'm seeing now that a lot of people are seeing now, a lot of the issues and the, and the challenges and the obstacles we have, you can put it on a thread that connects back to a time of segregation, that time that predates segregation and everything like that. So that's another reason, going back to the chapter and verse title, that is definitely reminding people that I'm an artist and, you know, reading mm-hmm. is important to me. Um, I want people to, to get from this book club, like, these issues that we're looking at, let's read mm-hmm. uh, these books, let's talk about them, let's have real meaningful dialogue about these books, and, and maybe that will help us even in the way that we look at these problems mm-hmm. and approach these problems and knowing what we can do. Right. How realizing our power. Right. I think I think that's, you know, I think that's what reading can do. Mm -hmm. Um, It can give ideas, even if it's fiction and this is fiction. Right. Um, But I think that it can um, someone else's imagination or someone else's reimagining of because Nickel Boys is loosely based on a real uh, uh, school that made the news a few years ago Mm -hmm. uh, in Florida, um, a school uh, they that was like a reform school for boys mm-hmm. and um, I guess the, the land was being repurposed mm-hmm. and when they broke ground for whatever new projects they found all the skeletal remains of, of boys and students mm-hmm. and that's that's pretty much the the I guess the thesis not the thesis but that's the um the theme that runs throughout Nickel Boys mm-hmm. is um in a an, ima- a, an imagined version of that school and what those boys may have went gone through, black boys specifically during civil rights. Right. Um, and I think when you were saying like just for ideas mm-hmm. or to solve problems, I think it's, it's really, hmm, I think it's dope to kind of jump into a story um, that shows these boys and what they were thinking and how they got through this kind of troublesome part and I think you can relate to it I guess oh definitely and yeah. it's, that's interesting because I 
fiction right. is not always my first choice. And Hasn't always been my first choice. I would think that'd be your first choice. Yeah. I've, I've, I've largely stayed away from a lot of fiction. Um, mm-hmm. More like personally autobiographical, right. historical. Right. But this is really... Right. So this is this is different for me. And, and I'm... I, You've, you're one of the people who has helped me to see the value yeah. in um, in fiction. Yeah, I think I think just like I said, I've already read. I read this book in three days. Mm-hmm. Um, Nickel Boys is just a hundred, like just like shy of yeah, two hundred pages. Mm-hmm. But like that's including the um, author's note and stuff like that, prologue. Um, but it's a really quick read. Right. I mean, edge of my seat, like. It, it's amazing, and I think for your book club members, um, it, it's something. It's a good first submission mm-hmm. from you, or first not submission, but first selection. Yeah, because it's easy. It it's easy to get through because it's exciting. Um, I'm just gonna read. That it. makes me feel good. Yeah. That makes you the 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 scariest thing when you start the book club is like choosing a book and it's like people reading it like oh this is whack no so you never want to do that so that no. I'm, I'm i'm excited that's how you no. feel about it and i just want to talk i'm going to read the inside of the book flap okay. for those um who want to get the book uh it's the nickel boys again uh, written by colson whitehead for those who don't know colson whitehead is um a pulitzer prize award-winning um writer so this is a follow-up to his pulitzer prize winning book um the underground railroad which mm-hmm. is also dope um, and so this, and that was also a National Book Award winner and a New York New York Times bestseller. So we're talking about a writer that's really, Definitely. you know, and Navi. I mean, all his peers from like all the interviews I've read and and watched, all his peers love him. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a dope. That is also that's very dope, dope detail. Yeah. So um, the first blurb, I'm gonna read just a little bit context behind what the book is about. Okay. It says um, he brilliantly uh, dramatizes another strand of American history through the story of two boys sentenced to a hellish reform school in Jim Crow era Florida. Um, so again, I don't want to do any spoilers, but it is. Uh, man, I think for you, once you jump into it, mm-hmm. you're gonna see yourself in some of these boys mm. and i think that's why i want to see more dudes um engage with you on this has yeah. that been a challenge for you i think um it's always a challenge mm-hmm. i think um i'm just trying to whew, remember where i was before i was re- I, the, the way i jumped back into reading like actively and intentionally reading was being challenged mm. on something and, and somebody just simply asked me what have you read recently mm. And in those moments when you realize, oh, wait a minute, I haven't actually intentionally read. And this was a few years ago that prompted me jumping back into mm-hmm. reading heavily. Um, but, yes, it's it's a challenge at times. But I think I'm finding those 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 people. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're finding me. Yeah. And this is just going to be a space for them. I think when they see me, right. someone like me. Um, that they can maybe see themselves in. And in like, in full disclosure, I'm, I'm going to be instrumental in helping with the book club and its launch. Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to like, I even want like how we engage about the book. I want it to feel like, I want everyone to feel at home. I want mm-hmm. members of the LGBTQ community to feel at home Definitely. if they're present. But I do want dudes like black men in the South. Um, I, I think sometimes reading is feminized. Oh, definitely. Yeah, That's what like, I couldn't put words yeah, to. Oh. That's what I was trying. <laughs> no, yeah, and like, <laughs> and like, but then like, you'll meet some some dudes, and like, they'll 
they'll have books, but they're very masculine, very mm-hmm. like power driven. A lot of men like a lot of self help books, um, or like you know, what's the book everyone used? Rich Dad Poor Dad. Oh yeah, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Forty Eight Laws of Power. All that. Can, yeah. There's a list. There's a short right. list of, the, of yeah. the usual suspects. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And the Spook Who Said by Joe, which I love. Uh, you're right. But um, that's a good one too. But like, actually, that's a really good book to read. Mm-hmm. It's real easy. Um, but yeah, you want to see dudes engage with something maybe more imaginative. Yeah. Um, and less about how to amass more power. Now, for me, the reason why I'm saying that is because I don't think that that's uh, liberative. I don't think that's a, a way for us to achieve liberation is if we continue to perpetuate like norms where men are powerful and domineering. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? I would say, I would say uh, and I might be, I'm, I'm, I'm just parsing language. Good, let's do it. Domineering. I agree with power. I think the way we, maybe the way we look at power, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because this helps me, or being more imaginative, I'm an artist, right? right? I'm making songs from where there's no songs before, right? Mm-hmm. So you're writing these new lyrics and your new concepts. That gave me a sense of power, a sense of power over my own life. Right. Um, well, over my narrative. So that's though. empowerment. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm parsing language when you okay. say about amassing power. Right. I hear but you. I'm a I'm a rapper, so I'm playing on the words of amassing power. I like, got you. No, no, no. I, I yeah, I just I guess what I was saying was just I don't want like so reading is a tool. Right. Like a lot of like with any tool, money, um, privilege, mm-hmm. they're tools to either advance or they're tools to either just perpetuate the same right. thing. So I want education, I want enrichment, reading uh, literacy to be a tool that we use to help each other, I guess. Right. Not, yeah. And I, yeah, so I think that's what makes the book club useful. So, um, yeah, hopefully brothers will, um, I think they will. I think they already yeah, have. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. I wonder what we have to do to kind of create, like, I'm tired of the, like, let's go to the barbershop. I know that's those doing things like oh, that. Oh, yeah, that's why I'm not having a book club in the barbershop. <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, sure, shout like, out some, to the, yeah. Shout out to my the, barber. Yeah. Me and my barber, when we're, when, when yeah. I go to the barbershop, we, mm-hmm. we talk about what we've read. Mm-hmm. Like, that's one of the reasons we developed a very close uh, relationship now. It's even closer than it was. Um, mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that in order, I don't believe that in order to reach us as black men that we always have to have these things in the setting of the barbershop. Mm-hmm. And we know the barbershop is not always as inviting to everybody either. Right, that's true. So, uh, not not to say I, I love my barbershop too. My I have a brother who my late brother was a barber, a master barber. So I grew up in barbershops mm-hmm. and having a twin brother as well. Um, but uh, you know, so I've never felt unsafe. But I can only imagine. Um, just want to take it out of some familiar places. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. tell me about like your partners. Like where Definitely. are you going to have the book club? We're going to be hosting it at Itinerant bookstore yeah and why in north charleston yeah. i think it's a it's a dope location uh in north charleston mm-hmm. uh i i want to have it to be accessible to people who are coming from maybe you know charleston who are coming from the berkeley county dorchester all the tri-county areas i think north charleston is a good place yeah, it's uh, down the street from the north charleston high school right yes yeah mm-hmm. um they're a dope bookstore uh Shop local, support local. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. if you want to purchase the book, you want to join us at the book club, uh, follow my link tree. You can go right. on my link tree and the link to... Um, like if you're on Instagram? If you're on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. Okay. You can click on that link tree that's in my bio section, mm-hmm. and it will take you to the link of the book club, which you can uh, get the hard copy of the book. Mm-hmm. You can get the audio version. That's what um, I like about it. Like, we're not telling people... 
there's only one way to engage with the book. Yeah. And we understand, like like you mentioned earlier, like you've gotten out the routine. When we were younger in undergrad, we had more time perhaps mm-hmm. to read and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when we started getting into real world stuff, we had less time. But now through the popularization of um, audiobooks, yeah. um, e-books too. Oh, yeah. So the Nickel Boys is available in all those in three formats. You say all three of those formats at itinerant literary. Exactly. Okay. Support local, shop local. And when you do that, when you do purchase any of those three formats of the Nickel Boys from itinerant, and you plan on um, joining us on December Mm fifteenth for the book club meetup, it'll come with a complimentary drink. Okay, that's dope. Yeah. So I think it's gonna be um cozy. I think Mm -hmm. um yeah, it's gonna feel like community. Um, accessible, right. small. I kind of hope it is small the first go round. I think so. I, I I would like that. I don't want. <laughs> I don't want to hide. I don't want anybody to yeah. be able to. I want us to talk about. It. I want yeah. us to. You know, yeah. everybody share what you feel. Yeah. There's no wrong. There's nothing wrong mm-hmm. in what you might feel or what you're gonna say. Like, let's talk about it. Let's chop it up. Okay. So like, all right. Let's do this. Let's um. Let's think about people who might want to engage with the book club, but have been a little bit reluctant for whatever reason. Okay. So let's, I guess, let's help them. Let's come up with some ways for them to engage. So how okay. do you, because you're busy now, you've been on the road, mm-hmm. you've been, you know, you've got projects coming on, you're collaborating with Roderick on new work, new yeah. music. Um, shout out to Roderick. Shout out share. to Roderick. Um, but so how do you prioritize, tell me some things you'll do to kind of prioritize reading. You know, that's a great question. I actually have to make that. This is a yeah. this is a part of my. Um, this word is oh god, Routine. this phrase is so cliche. But self care, oh, right? Boy. But Get I, out. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but that's the thing I have to like stop. And sometimes when I'm strolling on my phone, yeah, I'm just. I said strolling when I'm scrolling on my phone. Probably both. Probably both. <laughs> I have to really ask myself sometimes during the run of a week. Yo, put this down. What are you really? Are you consuming just a lot of social media or whether it's the things I want to do, like go away, whether it's go to the water or take a walk through the place or, you know, go eat my favorite food. Are you making enough time to read something Mm -hmm. like sitting down for me? I like turning the pages. If I'm riding in the car, I'm telling you, I I might put on my headphones and do the audio book. I've done that when I had to prepare for a QA and a with an author. I've had to do both. I've had to read it like because I love turning pages Mm -hmm. And then I had to like, okay, and I felt like I was cheating, but no, mm-hmm. you gotta listen sometimes. No, and it, it helps me. It helps me to yeah. it, when I'm once I'm done, mm-hmm. whether it's a chapter or whatever. Mm-hmm. Even when I'm back, okay, now I'm back into the world, right? Mm-hmm. The phone rings or the phone goes off. Sometimes, even the way I look at things, mm-hmm. the type I want to share something. Like if I'm picking up the phone, if I'm talking to you, if I'm talking to Rich, if I'm talking to Sir, mm-hmm. whoever, I'm like, you know what, I. It might provoke a question about something that's already in the zeitgeist. So just it, it affects. I, I like that. I like that's that intellectual curiosity thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But definitely making sure I'm making time to just give my brain a um, give my mind some some type of exercise that's like still. Mm-hmm. It's not making me feel like oh I need I'm not doing enough or I'm not. But when do you do? So when do you read? Like if you do. If I am. Um, Probably like after the gym, mm-hmm. um, if I'm on the way to the gym, maybe throwing on an aud- the audio book. Mm-hmm. If I'm riding in the car, getting in a getting in a mode, mm-hmm. but at night, 
Uh, after the gym, if okay. I'm working out early, but but at, at night it's a good time for me right before I go to sleep. That's dope. Yeah, because yeah. I know for me it's in the morning because mm. I get t- unless it's like um, I read the I'm looking for Lorraine by Monty Perry. Mm-hmm. That one I just couldn't get enough of, and even Nickel Boys too. Mm-hmm. Some evenings, um, but yeah, for me it's the morning. So just trying to so you would tell people like it's find the right time in your routines. Right, right. It help it helps me wind down mm-hmm. in the night. Okay. See, do you drink? You drink coffee in the morning? Um, I do now. Yes, yeah, a lot. Do you? Would, <laughs> do you read after coffee or do you Mm-mm. read before coffee? I read before coffee. See, yeah, I can't. So that's oh. why during, like, if I'm like before <laughs> the gym, okay, or after the gym, once I'm like, okay, back down, okay, or at night before I'm, as I'm winding down right. to go to bed. Do that's you need like absolute silence? No. Oh. I don't actually need absolute silence. I do. You do. Mm. Huh, yeah, oh, I'm very distracted. I think that's why I want people to understand. Like, like it doesn't mean you're um, spitting all over. It doesn't mean that um, you know. I think one thing I had to realize too is I've always done well in school, like well enough, like mm-hmm. average. Yeah, I've always been average. Mm-hmm. But like when I was younger, I always did really well in reading comprehension. So early on, I grasped reading really well and kept up. I always kept up with reading. That was never an issue. Math, yeah. Mm-hmm. Reading was my jam. Right. Mine too. Um, but when I got older, and I don't know if it's it's just the advent of technology. Um, I don't know if it's just like my habits in terms of consuming more media. Um, my attention span is just like so mm-hmm. short. So mm-hmm. when I read, I can't even have like slow jams playing or anything like that. It has to, if it is music, it's like that stuff you would hear at, um, at a spa, something yes. just chimes or something. Yeah, I I, that, I yeah. share that now. I can't I can't listen to no <laughs> anything that's audible like anything that's audible words in the background. Yeah, can't listen to it. Mm-mm. What I did, what helped me was playing specific kinds of music. No words, right? Jazz or something. Jazz yeah. like Alice Coltrane, yeah. stuff like that. Like low in the background yeah. gives me a sort of like a. It helped me develop a rhythm yeah. as I'm reading a little bit. And I learned that way back in undergrad for me. Um, I was mad corny, but like, um, <laughs> but I didn't know. I didn't, I was so unconscious to it. But like, so I had my first semester in undergrad, I didn't have a roommate. And one thing I just started doing, I never did this before growing up. I would have um, my radio on, my stereo in my room, and I played on smooth jazz, like nothing, just it's smooth jazz is mad corny to people, mm-hmm. you know, just Kenny G, or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it made me, it really made me feel more academic. And it, so I even like to have it on when I'm not even in the room. When I walked in, again, it's gonna sound corny, a sound bath. Mm-hmm. But it, but it, what it did was it created an environment where I can dive into reading. Yeah. And I guess I would encourage people to whatever that environment is, even if you cohabitate, if you have roommates, or if you live with family. Try to find your best way to read. Right, I guess even the process of figuring that out. I know, right, is something I think that's real meaningful and beneficial. Yeah, like, yeah, because it makes you once you t- decide to finish that out. Mm-hmm. I mean, to figure that out makes you intentional about your reading. Did your like the people who raised you? Did they read? Um, I what I do know is that we had a bookshelf in the house when I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um. And it was all my mom's books from college. Get out. Yeah. And it was in her room. She had all her drama books from college, all the different books on anatomy. And any. I remember climbing the bookshelf when I was a kid. I was like really young and throwing the books from the top to the bottom while my grandma would watch us. Okay. Because so, we couldn't reach them. So I had to okay. climb, it, climb okay. up there. 
Okay. Um, but, and we, reading has just always been there. Our books were on the lower level, like Dr. Seuss, mm -hmm. you know, all of the Dr. Seuss joints and, mm -hmm. you know, picture Bible, all mm -hmm. of this stuff. <laughs> um, so in our apartment, there was definitely early on, it was reading. Sitting down, hop on pop, all of that good jazz, cat in the hat. So yeah, I think even with your mom, it seemed like, and I don't know, because mm -hmm. we're not talking to her, but like, it must have been important to her to keep those books. Oh, definitely. So it must have meant, meant something to her. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 It definitely brought a lot of value because we were reading, me and my sister were reading, since I remember being, since I remember, mm -hmm. I remember us reading. Mm. So there was never a time where I don't remember, like, not, I wasn't conscious of mm -hmm. not reading you know. Okay, so you're not afraid of it mm -mm. at all. No. So tell me why you're not like like the biggest fiction reader. What do you I don't think know. it is? Yeah. <laughs> you you tell me sometimes like I'm I'm neat in the way my <laughs> mind works and stuff like you're neat. But mm -hmm. I I I never considered myself even a uh, fiction a creator of fiction. Mm -hmm. It's just I think it's the way you think about things. Um I make songs mm -hmm. that, in a way, that's creating something that's you know. I this is, I'm a this is gonna be my um, amateur psychologist. I really don't know anything mm -hmm. about anybody's psychology other than my own. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I think with you knowing that, so people really connect with your music. Mm -hmm. They really connect with your art. Um, they like to know what you read and everything like that. Mm -hmm. But I think when it, when I, I don't know why other people are attracted to your music. I know why I might find value in your music. Right. But I think it's not that you're like this specifically or explicitly a storyteller. I think you paint pictures. Right. I think you illustrate feelings well. Yeah. Again, this is my amateur spin. <laughs> right? I think I think yeah. you take very like Yo, that's what I'm feeling. He just said it, right? right. Oh, I know that dude. I I knew that dude in college. I knew that dude that you know because you all oftentimes talk about your own experience, right? And this is again, this is just me taking okay. a stab at it one okay. more time. Okay. But I think what you do is it's important for you to take process what you're feeling and thinking and put it, bam, that's what it is, right? And I think when it comes to like maybe not being so big into fiction is because it's less order in that. Fiction can go in any direction, right. can go on any planet, any solar system. Yep. And and that can be like, my mom is very literal, so she she doesn't respond to, she responds to fiction like really weirdly. Like, right. that can't happen. Like, mom, we know that can't happen. Right. You know, or like, so like she, growing up, she would read the kitty stories, but she would always like pop the balloon, like, that ain't real. Right, <laughs> right. And um, what that taught me about her was that fiction really brought her places that she couldn't see, and she mm. couldn't feel the bottom of the the quote unquote that pool. Mm -hmm. So when she can't feel the bottom of the pool in the water, she feels a little lost. And right. I'm not saying you're lost. Mm -hmm. I just think that for you, you maybe value exactness. Yeah. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense because I love the stories of. <sighs> Like yeah, what did you what that's biographies? That's, you like biographies? Oh, I love biographies all day long. I can do that. Right. I, if they're right. my favorite artists, right. I know their backstories. I've read their. I want to hear from different people who right. weighed in. Yeah, like yeah, you connect with the real. I connect with the real in order to then express how I'm feeling. If everything is connected and somebody else is sharing mm -hmm. a similar 
mm. feeling as I'm sharing, but maybe our lives deviated and took different routes at mm. this particular point. So whether mm. it's trauma, joy, something, opportunity, right. I really love the exactness of, and telling somebody's story can never really be exact because it's, if it's secondhand or right. even if it's the, right. them telling their own story. But it's close. They might embellish, but yeah, it's close. Right. But I just love, it's something about that that helps me, um, I think, uh, just explain the complexity of feelings. Mm -hmm. And I love to hear about the stories that go into creating the music and creating the art. I don't know why I love that so much. I just really no, love that. I, I, yeah, I mean, they're real people. So I think for me, when I, like, I too love, I used to love when, back in the day when, like, this is, Way back in the day, like A and E, oh, but yeah. they would do biographies, yeah. and you're like Liz Taylor, and I, I used to that. love looking at the pictures and oh, that's how she looked when she was little. It is something mm -hmm. about a biography about a real person and understanding like how they went from A to Z in yeah. their career and personal life, and and then with with fiction, I think it's like I said, it just plays by different rules. Mm -hmm. Especially there's so many different types of fiction: there's speculative fiction, historical fiction, there's fantasy, mm -hmm. there's there's realism, there's Afrofuturism. Like there's mm -hmm. so much different types of things i think that's amazing but it could be just like it's a matter of taste it's not a right or wrong right yeah and even you said you mentioned a and e yeah. i remember when espn you remember you used to have yes, sports century yes yes oh my, oh my god goodness. i love it that was my favorite i used to just oh live for sports century that's i'm telling you I used exactly to love it. yeah that's a throwback yeah no i love that mm -hmm. yeah anything about history i love too yeah um, especially when they came down to the black people, because definitely sometimes growing up in school, even me, I'm not like ancient, but like you can't imagine black people living certain lives. Mm -hmm. And then when you crack a book and you find out, oh shoot, uh, Richard Pryor went through this yes. and Marvin Gaye went through exactly. that. Exactly. Like that's the same as the you know name white celebrity X. Exactly. So I think reading about um, real people helps us see us. Mm -hmm. in ways that the world refuses to kind of let us exist like mm -hmm. they don't trump they don't champion these stories yeah so i agree yeah so i mean are you afraid to, not afraid but mm -hmm. are you apprehensive about jumping in the nickel boys no mm -mm. i don't think so i think maybe a few years ago i would have been okay but probably where i am now i'm more ready to take that dive into the world of fiction mm -hmm. because just you know being around people having the type of conversations and, and read and under this new understanding mm -hmm. that seems very basic for other people, but mm -hmm. might not have been for me. Right. I can appreciate the world of fiction right. a little more now, right. a lot more now. I mean, you go to movies though, right? Definitely. Yeah. So that's the same thing. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> but I don't know why I couldn't understand that, right. make that connection no, before. No, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know what? I'm going to do like a break Okay. and then probably going to, like edit this magic in. I shouldn't even have said anything. <laughs> right. but I'm probably gonna put like a magical track in there. It the might magic. be your track. Hey. So let me take a pause real quick and okay. then we'll come back. You know, if we're being honest, I have a need to feel and to create and then to be felt. Growing up where I grew up in Pineville, in the Low Country of South Carolina, water had such a profound impact on our traditions and the culture. Well, you know what we ate, how we lived. Water is, is, is the life force, is rebirth and renewal. You know, it's real spiritual. And water also takes the form that it needs to take in order to do what it's purpose to do. 
And as I'm here in Charleston, in a city that's literally underwater, a city that in many ways has been the gateway to the black experience in America, with so many of its people still under the thumb of oppression, there is no more perfect metaphor. For me, it's not an absence of fear. It's embracing the fear, using it to go forward. It's not an absence of love, pain, strength, or vulnerability, but it's embracing all of it, owning all of it, and using it to push forward. It's the spirit of creativity, collaboration, and community. It's restlessness and rage, poetry, jazz. It's healing. It's beautiful. It's black. And it's political. Like me. Like my people. And that's a water album. Yeah. I stare death in the face gracefully over mimosas, cheese, crepes, and pastries. Caressing life in the small of her back, smiling. She turns to smile back through a foundation of facts. My hands on her spine, dividing page after page. I peek into my past and my future. I can read the Psalms on a parchment, gripped by the sweaty palms of a prophet. I can see the chakras in the sutras. My life is clothed in a spiritual cloth. I dice clothes in my ritual broth. I'm as wild as the Scottish summer isles. I'm a god in my African garb. On the white sand beaches of Zanzibar, I am a traveling man. Land so expansive, official transcripts of my transit don't enhance it. I can feel the thread from the loom on the bed I'm going dying. The hospital room, I re-arriving at the resurrection. Yeah, come on, feel it. A little bread, a little wine, and it's fine at the resurrection. Yeah. Can you picture me naked, sacred, and sublime at the resurrection? Yeah. Yeah. I've died several times, and now I rise at the resurrection. Yeah. Yeah. A little bread, a little wine, and it's... I am the joy of an innocent boy. I am the blessed overtones of those double X chromosomes. I'm a critical study, exceptional math. I'm theory and praxis, the intellectual class. I am doubtful. I am hopeful. I am vocal and I'm complex. Holy city, black local in a global context. I'm the history and the prophecy. I'm benevolent. I'm heirs property swallowed up by development. Uh, I am depression and expression. I'm water and blood. I am the comfort and the company misery loves. I am the solemn oath and the broken and promises the feelings of desire the higher consciousness i am burdened feeling unworthy though i am alive i am feeling lost on a journey though i have arrived needing moments of my own peace though i am denied every day i cry a little inside hoping to rise at the resurrection yeah 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 a little bread a little wine is fine at the resurrection yeah can you picture me naked sacred and sublime at the resurrection yeah yeah, I've died several times and now I rise at the resurrection. Yeah, uh, come on, a little bread, a little wine, and it's... I am the fruitful bud of African native folks ushered into bondage for garments. I am the revelatory shine of gold and fine diamonds mined from those remote climates. I'm the work song, the blues lick. I am the orphans improvisational jazz. Yes, I am the drums and the brass. I'm all of the exploited, the boycotted, the black dollar, the boy children, adolescent, the black father, a broken chain, a vocal refrain. I'm a James Jameson bass in a Barry Gordy domain. I'm a James Brown tenor shout screaming out, holding notes, the pride of my poor Southern black working folks. I'm a rebel on these chords. I'm a funk brother. 
over routine rice cuisine. I am the gullah words of my grandmother. On a chillin' better mind, consequences of decisions when it's time for the resurrection. Yeah, can you? Uh, a little bread, a little wine is fine at the resurrection. Yeah, can you pitch them and they get sacred and sublime at the resurrection? Yeah, huh? I've died several times and now I rise at the resurrection. Yeah. A little bread, a little wine, and it's fine at the resurrection. Yeah, listen, I died several times and now I rise at the resurrection. Yeah, uh, can you picture me naked, sacred and sublime at the resurrection? Yeah, come on, I've died several times and now I rise at the resurrection. Yeah, huh, listen, a little bread, a little wine, and it's fine at the resurrection. We are back. Okay. So what can people anticipate from the book club? And, and when is the date? We didn't say the It's date. December 15th. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that's a Sunday. Yes, it is. December 15th, about 5 o'clock at Itinerant Bookstore, mm-hmm. um, Itinerant Literate Bookstore okay. in North Charleston. Yep. Um, in that Park Circle area. Where can they find more information about the well, like all the, the details of Park Circle, the address? Where can they find that? Definitely. You'll be able to find that in my link tree. Uh, my link tree is in the bio section of all of my social media, my Facebook, my Twitter, my Instagram. Visit that. You can get information about the three different versions of the book that you'll be able to purchase directly from Itinerant if you want to shop local and support local, which I encourage if you're in the area. Um, also, that time and date, that information will be there as well. We're just looking to uh, really dig into this book and and converse with each other, talk about it, mm-hmm. have that atmosphere that is all about community. Right. You know, um, we probably even most likely we're going to have some merch available for you all too, mm-hmm. uh, chapter and verse. I just want it to be, again, reading is dope. Right. Uh, and it's a necessity, I think. Um, right. And we, we reached out, when we reached out initially to Itinerant Literate, we asked, because they already have their own book club. Right. And we asked them like, you know, just some basic like best practices. Mm-hmm. And they mentioned that they do have questions. Definitely. So we'll probably have like maybe nothing. We just want to kind of prompt conversation. Right. right. Um, this ain't a quiz. No, not you at know. all. I might, I'm even anticipating some people like might not have finished the book. Like people might just come in like, hey, I was able to get through half. Kind of come as you are. Long, right. But we hopefully everyone has completed the book so they can have a full conversation. Um, but we want to have questions around what they found interesting about the book. So it's not a quiz, but we want to just have some questions available, too. Um, yeah, it was one other thing I was going to say, too, about um, you said merch, mm-hmm. um, possibly, right? Um, yeah, I guess, yeah, just just come ready to discuss and, yeah. and, and enjoy the book. Yeah. Okay. So, and also, if they're not already subscribed to your newsletter, People should do that because you'll Definitely. have updates in that as well. Definitely, which they can find in the link tree. There's right. all sorts of ways to interact and engage yeah. in that link tree yeah. with those uh, different links there. That's cool. All right. So this is just one of many projects coming up. The year is ending, as we said earlier. Mm-hmm. So what else is like on your mind creative? Because this is a big departure from what anything I've seen you do, a book club. So, right. But what else is coming up? Oh, lots of things. New mm-hmm. music. Um working on new music with Roderick Cliche. Roderick Cliche is just an incredible producer, musician, pianist, just, he's just incredible. And he was also the musical director of a Water album. Yeah. And so that's really how we were able to develop that working relationship, that friendship that's turned into 
a brotherhood, like mm-hmm. lots of mm-hmm. uh, my creative friendships end up being brotherhood, sisterhood. So we're working on a new album uh, right. as Native Son. He and I, Roger Cliche and Benny Starr together, we're a duo that will go by uh, the name of Native Son. And I'm excited to really be working on this new music. Well, we've already started. Yeah, so. you two have already um, you performed at, what was it? The, yeah, the City Paper Awards where we won the uh, album of the year. Yeah, Award what album, album won an album of the year. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. But yeah, that was like a sample, a little taste for those not familiar with you two performing as a duo, right? Right. Where else did you perform as a duo together? We also performed in Baltimore oh. for their uh, Light City Festival, uh, actually on my birthday. Right. So we were all out there, you know. Okay. It, it was the first time, you know, me and him just being able to do that and realizing where we could take it in so much of the time that we were able to spend out there mm-hmm. and talk about music and talk about the music we like, which we already know we have this overlapping musical taste. It was like a retreat, sounds yeah, like. It exactly. sounds like yeah, y'all yeah. had a little retreat. Right. Mm. So that, that led to us really being sure by the time we got back mm-hmm. that we were definitely going to do this and, like, dive into it. And we've already started diving into so it. You, just been, so you two get along? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. All right. It's, there's a chemistry there. And it's just the stuff that we can talk about, like the, that black church background and that influence. Um, and, you know, you take that and you take the hip hop that we love and the jazz that we love and all these genres that we borrow from to create our own sounds. And now being able to create something. And, and it, you know what? The mm-hmm. more I think about it, and we talked about this, too. It kind of harkens back to the day when there was one producer mm. on an okay. album. Okay. We don't see that as much now because Give you know Illmatic kind of came in yeah. and totally broke that mold, right? Mm. Where pre- prior to Illmatic, most albums like you had uh, Rakim, mm. Eric B produced those records. It was Eric B and Rakim. You had groups like uh, Gangstar, you know yeah. Primo. Yeah. Yeah. A tribe called Quest Q Tip. Exactly. Yeah. Illmatic came by and said, oh, well, we're going to take the best producers from here, 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 here. We're going to take a multitude of producers, and mm-hmm. each of us are going to give you our best stuff. Mm-hmm. And it turned into something different, and that's what ushered in. Even Dr. Dre doing all the production mm-hmm. on his albums and stuff. But that was the pivotal moment, I think, in 94 when that changed. But now, I've, that's basically the uh, formula I've used for all of my albums and mixtapes, which I really don't like to call mixtapes because they were like full-length original music mm. projects. But just going back to this kind of classic formula and doing it with somebody who gets you in that way, uh, we have a lot of shared musical taste, but then we have things that we differ um, upon so he can push me in ways and mm. I can push him in ways and still come back to this place. I'm really, really excited about making that music. Right, so yeah. it's almost like more pared down. What album was very had a lot of uh, it featured a lot of instrumentation. Definitely. So it's just you and keys. But I think at the at the music award show, it sounds like he was playing a lot, uh, playing around with some other sounds. Oh yeah, it's not going to be just me and keys. It's going to be like full on hip hop production, oh, okay. like beats, hard beats, music, textures, colors. It's literally because he's capable of all those things as a producer. Wow. Um, he's not just a pianist, but he's actually a producer. We can get Roderick on the MPC. He can chop his own. He can lay down chords and and lay down vocals and chop his own vocals and sample himself and weave it into right. a musical composition. Right. And uh, it's just going to be something that um, just shows 
how dynamic I, I think where we are. Mm -hmm. I think we both sort of got a chip on our shoulder a little bit. That we, when you're artists, you constantly carry it. Mm -hmm. But especially with the work we've been able to do in South Carolina, um, and just reminding people that we've been we've been doing this, mm. and we've been doing this on a level independently. Like the, the the spotlight and the recognition is just beginning to come, right. but that shouldn't be the timeline that we use to really um, kind of validate our greatness. We were great before that, right. you know what I'm saying? So we that's the, the whole concept of native son. We've been here. We've been doing this in this way, and it's just about opening up that world to to everybody. So I'm excited. It's going to be different than a water album. It's going to be. It sounds like it's going to be different. I always I say this quote that that James Baldwin quote. You know, God gave this is something in the black church. We've heard it. This is the story. God gave Noah the rainbow sign. No more water, but the fire next time. Like it's just a different energy. It's going to be. It's going to be different. Yeah. And I think my fans, a lot of my core fans and new fans will really appreciate I that. I think they're excited. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think they are excited. What else? Um, is there another venue or some, I know you can't announce everything, mm -hmm. but are there any other um, performances where people can catch you and Roderick? Coming up, we got some things that are going to be okay. going on in, early, in 2020. Okay. We're, we're, we're locking some things down okay. right now, which I'm already excited about. And mm -hmm. it speaks to, uh, that excitement. I love I love the fans so much. I've I've if this year has taught me one thing, I've always loved my fans and I've always loved the people who supported me, but if this year has taught me something, it's actively cultivating and continuing to cultivate that relationship I have with my fans and the people who support me. Um because they've been they've they've they're as responsible for my success as my art. And, and and gifts are you know so the fact that we're already looking into 2020 with the type of anticipation and the type of like excitement that we have as we're working on this album I would I you I can't quantify like how much that means you know it means a lot that means a lot because I think you know I guess record sales or streams rather than not record sales that means a lot. Yeah. But, but when you when your people mess with you, when your people mess with, and when they're willing to actually, when they want to see you, right, in person, when right. they want to come out to your show, mm -hmm. when they want to support you in that way because mm -hmm. they feel like yo, this relationship that we have, I know I'm going to get an experience. Mm -hmm. I know I'm gonna connect with this show, this set, this performance in a way that I'm craving. Right. You can't trade that for anything. Do you think they? Do you think your fans want to see you in different settings or? You, they want more of the same. I think uh, I would say my fans want to. I think my fans want to see more of me. See how dynamic I am. I think a lot of them have been privy to glimpses of how dynamic we can be, how dynamic the music can be. I think they also enjoy seeing me in ways that are very relatable too. Mm. Um, hence the book club, things like that. Um, but it, it, I think, and I could be wrong on this, but I think. A lot of us want to see ourselves in our favorite artists. They want to know that we want to know that we relate to them in a way. And so that's why I'm trying to always make sure, and also because it's something I care about, being actively rooted in community. It's like this feeling of coming home and going home. Like, I'm from the black rural south. I, want, I always want an element or many elements of that to be visible in my work with the things I'm talking about lyrically, the things I'm tucking away in songs or the sounds and things. I want people to be able to see themselves mm -hmm. in the work because that's community for okay. me. Okay. 
Yeah. What else do you want to share with people? Anything uh, else? I'm, I'm excited today. Today is the 19th, today November 19th. Is November 19th. So there's this really dope uh, Southern magazine. It's right here it's on right the table. Here. It's called. Don't uh, you just want to unbox? I mean, I uh, open it. I do. Just it, do it. It's called Oxford American. Um, yeah. And so many dope luminaries that have. So you have it in the, in the plastic. Yes, in I know. The I've seen it already on the on the bookshelves. Yes, um, at the store, whatever. And I kind of kept it in the plastic until today. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, we got a mic, so they they can hear you open yeah, it. Yeah, they can hear me open it. So I'm okay. just happy to be featured. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to be featured in this magazine to be able to have music contributed to the to the actual playlist that came along. There's a compilation um, CD mm-hmm. that comes along with this issue. What Oxford American does is. Every year, their uh, fall issue, their end of the year issue, spots light a certain state, southern state, and their musical contributions, their musical history. And this year was South Carolina. So just to be alongside artists like Eartha Kitt, um, Duke Ellington, excuse me, Dizzy Gillespie, uh, the Marshall Tucker Band, so many beautiful essays that have been contributed. So this is my first... Um, Oxford American. I think this is my first, like, um, you even introduced me to the, the uh, I guess last year's issue was they they highlighted North Carolina. It was a beautiful picture of Nina Simone on the cover, black yes. and white illustration. Right. And what this is, this cover this time, winter 2019, is a huge departure from that. And it's so dope. I'm just mm-hmm. explaining it for people listening. Ronald McNair. Ronald McNair. And if you're from South Carolina um, or just familiar with a little bit of history, you'll know, you know, Ronald McNair, the the shout out to the astronaut, the, mm-hmm. the, the local. He was just a genius, a young right. genius astronaut. Um, so he's highlighting the magazine, but he's on the cover. And he is in, in orbit, mm-hmm. no gravity, playing a saxophone. Yeah. That's so dope. It's so dope. Like it just that that said. So Oxford Americans is a is a music magazine, I yes. guess. It's like Garden and Gun, but mm, yeah, a little bit more like New York Mag, a little bit like yeah. New York Magazine, but Southern. What I like about even last year's issue, I mean, black folk were featured all up and through there. Like yeah. they don't run away from it. It's not just black people sprinkled in. They made sure to focus and highlight the black artistry. Definitely. So this magazine, I'm, I just I just explained the cover. What? Where are you at in this magazine? Uh, I contributed uh, yeah. an essay. That's dope. Um, as well as uh, the essay is about just kind of like my artistic journey coming back to the Low Country. Right. Um, and uh, they have a compilation CD with music that spans across the this. last 50, 60 yeah. years. Yeah. Uh, contemporary artists, uh, more recognizable artists from previous periods and I'm track number 23, uh, Resurrection Uh-oh. from the Water album featuring the 420s <laughs> that we recorded live in Charleston at the Music Hall in 2018. So I'm really excited about that and just mm. the quality of work that I'm alongside in yeah. this in this magazine. It was it's incredible. Well, I think the fact that they discovered who, you know who you are and chose to include you among such luminaries and yeah. legendary figures in music. Right. I think it's a testament to your work. Thank you. And I'm I, grateful for that. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. It's like this is nothing to take lightly. No, it's not. Like to be on a compilation 
with some of these these amazing, you know, contemporary and legendary right. acts. You have Ranky Tanky. Mm-hmm. Let's just I'm gonna just read some names. I, I'm gonna tell you, I already listened to the C D, didn't know, don't know most of like the older acts. Mm-hmm. Like uh Carlene and the Groovers from nineteen seventy two, Can We Rap? Mm-hmm. A really, really fun song. There's a lot of like black women. Definitely, yes. Yeah. I know Ranky Tanky, of course, Shovels and Rope. Right. You know, they're the plantation echoes, they're from Wadmala. Really? So yeah. Oh wow. That's my shout out to Walmart. Yeah. Island. Well, th- this is on mic'd up. That's the bingo game. Yeah. <laughs> but down, you know, it's square. I always mention Walmart Law every episode. Okay, so you're on this compilation. Yeah. So this is gonna be in the hands of thousands of readers. Yeah, I'm excited about it. And you know what? Thank you. A, I I think personally too, it's a testament to uh, like independent artists. Mm. I'm always for artists and their independence, and just it's a it's a tough journey being an independent artist, but it's a worthy journey. Um, and it proves to me that create dope art, create dope art. There are a lot of other elements to the music business, important elements. You don't have to do it all by yourself. You shouldn't have to do it all by yourself. But if, when it's my whole ethos about what I do is I'm not a cookie cutter artist. Mm -hmm. I live and breathe the work that I do. So when it's time for me to go in and make music, Mm -hmm. when it's time for me to go in and create music i have tunnel vision in that and i believe that it's just it's an old scripture you know your your gifts will make room for you Mm. and it's it's great to see that um it's it's really really beginning to to make that room for me you already kind of outlined like your collaborations with roger and and what's that what that is like Mm -hmm. but i guess you just kind of went into it from a creative standpoint. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this with the book club too, like how do you get into the mood to read and kind of what are you doing mentally to prepare yourself for this next project? Because it sounds like it's going to be markedly different from the previous. Right. So this is a new phase of your creativity, a new phase of your professional mm-hmm. life. Like you said, as being an indie artist. So like what are you doing to prepare so you can bring some of your best work forward? You know, one of the things that I've been doing, especially in the later part of the year, is um, I've been tracing my family history. Ooh. And it's difficult to find, uh, but, it's, but, it, but it's been a slow process, but I've been able to find and just pinpoint my grandparents on both sides, great-grandparents, great-great-grandparents, and stuff like that. So it's more like um, I'm looking forward by taking a, taking a look back and realizing that, you know, nothing about me is accidental. Mm. Like I'm here because I'm supposed to be here, and and while while tracing that lineage and tracing my family roots and everything and discovering new things that I didn't know. Again, going back to how much I love biographical stuff and historical things. Just realizing that yeah, I'm connected to them by a thread. Mm. I'm connected to my community by a thread, and everything that I have and everything that I'm given to my music is not by accident. So I'm just continuing to try to show these different feelings that I have. This I've done I've been able to I've been able luckily I've been able to do a lot of things that I believe has left the scene in a better situation than when I met it. Mm-hmm. And I don't take that for granted either. Mm-hmm. And in, yeah. in all of that you gotta remind people as well, like mm-hmm. I'm one of the greatest rappers to ever come from here. Right. And I think I have that chip on my shoulder to just continue reminding people about the 
dexterity and the you know right i do this this is what i do right i think so. if you don't believe it no one else will that's true and so i think you have to say it and you have to claim it if you feel like that's the space you occupy mm -hmm. so it definitely is. yeah it definitely is no i think that's i think you're doing i, I think well well let me ask you not tell you mm -hmm. you feel like like who you are today is very different from who you were let's say four years ago yeah mm -hmm. if I, I yeah i don't no question right I would hope so, <laughs> and I, I believe so. So you kind of go over that in your essay too. Exactly. Right. It's a process, like self doubt. Mm -hmm. Nobody's immune to self doubt creeping in. Nobody's immune to in this business, especially in this industry where it's just about they like to make you believe that it's just about and all about what you've accomplished pure numbers and things like that but you can't always measure that with your impact on people like in a place like south carolina where there is not as much infrastructure mm -hmm. um it's really conservative but in a way that mm -hmm. directly impacts the art mm -hmm. and the consumption of the art and those who produce the art mm -hmm. and how you present it i know i just being able to make the type of impact where people are now looking inward their eyes are not always just outside of the state to realize that there are gems and there's magic here and there's culture here. And, and just using music as a vehicle to do that for a whole nother generation. Yeah, I, um, four years ago is totally different, totally different Benny. And there's music there that captures who that, who that man was at the time. And there's going to be music to capture who I'm right now, who I am right now. Well, I'm excited. And hopefully you'll create like the book club, I think is an extension of your art. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully, there'll just be things that pop up where people can just engage with you and yes. your music and whatever you want to say. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Me too. All right, cool. <laughs> you think you're gonna start a podcast? I'm thinking about that idea. <laughs> I'm actually thinking about that idea. Something exclusively. Yeah. I, I think it would be something that definitely. I love. Again, thinking about my relationship with my supporters, mm -hmm. I've never let them into the process of creating an album yeah and to i would i would love to do that i would love to share in that process with them in some capacity to let them know what what's going into it what i'm thinking what how they're inspiring me how they've so yeah i'm definitely thinking about that something that would be paired with this that would bring them in okay yeah so yeah something to go along chart the journey exactly like, just show people i think that'd be great i think people love just with whatever whoever their favorite artist is people loved in this no more mm -hmm. right cool well i guess i wish you luck thank you i know i'm part of the team but <laughs> yeah it's like weird. Right. i wish you luck right yeah nah i think we're gonna do this we're gonna do some dope shit all right well cool yeah until you do your next podcast until then come up with a name i'm gonna come up with a name all right right <laughs>